0: Log Talk Radio Hello and welcome to Snake Oil Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Uh if it's your first time joining us, uh thank you for tuning in. And uh if it's uh if you've tuned in before then thank you for tuning in again also, I guess. Uh we are uh we're on the show uh for the most part every Thursday, uh usually at three thirty. Uh, typically shows run about 45 minutes. Um, say so we might go a little shorter. Uh, but anyway, uh, again, my uh, my name is Jim Ventura. I'm a writer and a navigational consultant. Uh, I've got uh, two published books and uh, working on a third at this point. Uh, you can check out that info on my website. I also uh, am a navigational consultant. And what that means is my expertise is in uh, astrology and numerology. And Tarot and Runestones, Animal Cards, I actually work with a number of different oracles and have for many years. I do private consultations for uh, clients here in my home office in uh, Arizona and also uh, by phone. So also get info on that on my website as well. Uh, Different themes for each show, and uh, today is my listener's choice show. So we'll see uh, if we get some call-ins and uh, anyone joining us in the chat room. And if that is the case, then we will uh proceed and uh be able to answer some questions for you, whether they're uh metaphysical questions about larger issues or um even a five minute little mini personal card pull or, or something if you've got a specific question or you just wanna kind of tap into what energy is around you right now or what kind of shows up and that's kind of a funny thing too, because i uh you know even for me i've been you know I started actually reading uh, Tarot, uh boy like. Uh, 27 years ago, um, and so I've been doing it for quite some time, and I actually still read my own cards every three or four months, typically. Um, I usually don't do it more than that, only because I, I like to do kind of a longer spread to look at a, a longer period of time. Uh, you know, you can you can do shorter spreads. I mean, there are people that will, will do spreads every month or so, uh, and that can be valuable also. I just prefer to do it. Uh, for a little bit more of an extended period to kind of take a look at what the influences are. And I guess we'll talk a little bit about that in some more detail. I do want to uh, bring up that anybody who's also catching the show live may notice, I don't know what the situation is today energetically, but it feels very, very choppy um, with communication and a number of different things. Uh, I've just noticed that um, I've even had a little bit of an irritability Um, Today and uh, I don't know what is actually going on. I mean, I am aware of the the mercury retrograde, um, which is probably really at its peak. Uh, Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that also uh, until we uh, see if we get callers with specific questions. Um, But uh, there definitely was something in the air because there was a little bit of a frustration. I actually ran out to do a few errands, and I kind of caught it on the road and um, with a number of different phone calls and things today. And I, I, do, I think sometimes we get these kind of days that where either it's kind of more personal, where you've got a little bit of a irritability in your own uh, backyard, so to speak, and um, at other times uh, it, it's really more um, that there are actually even astrological conditions. You know, sometimes you'll get squares between planets, that are you know not only issues within your own chart but issues that are you're just between the movement of the planets themselves and and what that means in essence is that uh sometimes there is uh, you know uh, from a mathematical angle and this is how astrologers look at a square basically means there's approximately a ninety degree um, angle between the two planets, so for instance, if Mars is square of the sun. Uh, you know Natally, everyone will have a little of this, and of course, it would be even more pronounced if Mars was square your sun in your actual chart or even in current transits, in other words, where the planets are now in that sense uh, but like a square between those and we' we'll just use this as an example because you can have squares uh that will occur with with a number of different planets. Uh, squares typically are again it's approximately a 90 degree angle and if you get something like the the sun and Mars for instance the sun represents the part of us that kind of plugs into com- the cosmic central our life force our vitality the what we we prioritize uh, of importance in our life and and what we feel is valuable about us and Mars represents male energy aggressiveness the ability to get things done um, all the positive elements of that healthy assertiveness. Drive, enthusiasm, excitement, even some extent, some element of sexual energy. But um, on the negative side, it can be where we're impatient, where we're pushy, where we get angry, where we get triggered, where we get irritable. So, so, so when you have these type of things occurring, um, again, if it's in like your natal chart, meaning when you were born, you'll typically have that as an issue that you have to kind of work to overcome. Really, what it, it tends to produce is is kind of a bit of an impatience that would be something you'd have to look at throughout your life. But it would also create kind of a drive and an enthusiasm and a vitality that other people might not necessarily have. So uh that's kinda again more natal so it would be throughout your life. Um whereas uh when it's it's transiting, uh planets continue to move. And so if uh you know Mars is squaring your sun which usually occur for maybe four or five days even though it's maybe three or four days. Um, you might have a few days where you're, uh, you know, a little bit more, um, you have a lot of more energy that you might not know how to channel or necessarily what to do with. So that is uh, something to be conscious of when we have these kind of triggers. I haven't actually looked at the current astrology as to what's going on, so I'm not really 100% sure, even though I do have a kind of rough idea from having checked into you know every 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 couple of days i do kind of look at uh my own personal transits and just to kind of see where things are so uh we also we're, we're kind of also you know sticking with the astrology format for now um uh we're we're kind of at at the heart uh actually pushing toward the end because on the 15th this mercury retrograde that we're in will also go direct so what is today? the 8th so we have yeah, we've got another uh, little over a week to go on this uh, Mercury retrograde. Mercury's been retrograde for about two weeks in Sagittarius. Mercury rules the way we think, the way we communicate, the way we share ideas, the way we express. So when it goes, quote-unquote, backwards, so to speak, in um, in, in orbit for a couple-week of week period, uh, and this happens, by the way, every, like, three months or so, um, three or four months, uh You'll you'll kind of go back over issues and themes that relate to whatever area of the chart that is for you. Um, Again, just another good reason to kind of have some awareness of what your astrology chart is. Um, So the Sagittarian issue, for the most part, has a lot to do with our ethics, our sense of morality, our sense of uh, excitement, enthusiasm, philosophy, the perspective on how we view things, our search for truth in our lives. So uh that's kinda at its peak and uh so usually I, I definitely find it, it gets sort of noticeably choppy also um <laughs> during this period when it when it's getting closer toward its end. Uh okay, so anyway, let me welcome everybody again who might be uh listening live or in the chat room. I, I see a couple of people jumping in out of the chat room. Welcome Angel uh I wanna say Angel eleven. Okay. Uh welcome. And uh, anyone else who might be listening live and is jumping in and out, uh, I'm going to put the phone number up if anybody wants to call in and has a uh, specific question uh, that they want to ask or if it's even a metaphysical question about a perspective or point of view about something that you're curious about. Um, this is the show that I do each month where you're able to do that. So the guest call-in number is 646 uh, you might need to dial a 1 before that, um, uh, 646-200-3966. And um, I'll put that I'll, – I'll bring that number up again in a little while, uh, dependent uh, to remind people who are coming in and out. So uh, also and, – and you can feel free to, uh, you know, comment or ask questions in the uh, chat room if you're in there as well, too. Or you're welcome to just hang out and listen. Uh, you know, it's always funny because I have shows – where I get uh you know a, a ton of people kind of popping in and out and I'll get a lot of calls and then i'll have other shows where it's uh it's a little quieter uh and that and is fine with me uh you know i mean i don't uh, I, I kind of roll with the flow of things if anybody had caught my um if anybody caught my last show that I did last week uh I had a laugh because i did a Christmas show, and I I am an author, and I I do a column called uh, Snake Oil that I write each month, and I read uh, kind of my current Snake Oil, which actually had a a Christmas theme to it, and uh, it was very, very amusing because for some bizarre reason, uh, again, if you caught the show, you were there for it, but uh, if not, you can check it out in the archives um, I, I was very proud of the Christmas story that I, I wrote. It was it was very amusing, and it was a good one. I got a lot of positive feedback on it, but um, I, I wanted to talk a lot about about a lot about Christmas themes and issues. And uh, I, I had a laugh because I, for some reason, the show became about owls. It initially uh, I had someone call in who I think was somewhat legitimate. He had talked about how he'd eaten owl meat and asked if i had ever done that and you know of course i have not i didn't really even know people ate owls to begin with but i'm sure people probably do you know i mean people eat all kinds of birds so um he, he seemed to be uh... A, an interesting character a little a little on the uh, odd side, but certainly an interesting character with a legitimate point of view. And that followed with someone who called in and talked about how he had a pet owl, and how he spent Christmas with his pet owl, That he had a pet owl for years. And I think that was a legitimate, um, absolutely legitimate person who who happened to have a pet owl. I've heard of people having uh, these uh, animals as pets. Uh, I know in medieval times uh, often that was something that, that people would do. People did have owls or eagles or uh, hawks as pets, so I know it is definitely something that is, is absolutely possible, So, uh, but what was funny is he didn't know about the first caller, he only tuned into the show and then he also began to talk about owls, and you, you have to talk about the weird element of coincidence uh, about, I mean it's such an obscure thing for two people in the same day to talk about so <laughs> that was very, very entertaining at that level. But then, of course, I got the third call, and I have been very, very blessed for having done the show for a number of years to not have, um, how shall I put this delicately, um, the type of people call in who are, um, you know, idiots. I've actually been very blessed. I have re- really, rarely have ever had anything like that happen. In fact, for the most part, I really have not. Most people that call in are cool. Um, and have legitimate questions and things to ask. And um, so I had not really had the type of person that you probably have to hang up on. But uh, I got one of those, and I think it was someone that was obviously listening to the show, and, and his question, he was telling me how his friend was trying to breastfeed his owl, his pet owl. So that was a little quick clue in that there was something silly going on there. And I, I tried to humor him for a minute or two, and then he asked me whether I had ever had, and I won't use his um, his uh, colorful uh, quotation, but uh, he asked if I had ever had sex with an owl. So that was when I finished the call and hung up, and I realized it was probably some dumb kid who was uh, really amused with himself. Anyway, so I, I personally, to me, I, I, again, it's such a rarity to run across that that I, I found it sort of funny At some levels, I'm always sort of amazed by anybody who would um, who would really even go to so much trouble. You think that that would be really not that entertaining to be kind of um, maneuvering through uh, radio shows to try to find something funny and antagonistic to do, but you know, kids will do that, and certainly some adults will. But I'm actually it's funny for me because I'm not really used to it. People typically are not very antagonistic with me that way. I think it's because probably. Um, I'm from New York, and I kind of have a pretty sharp tongue. Uh, in fact, uh, I'll talk about this in the next show. I had uh, someone on Facebook who was arguing about the validity of astrology with me, and it was like, oh, you couldn't have made me happier. It was like taking off the gloves. I, I love to debate. So I don't usually get this kind of antagonism in the first place, and then physically I never get it. I mean, I'm, I'm again, I'm a New York guy. I've been in Phoenix for years, but I'm, I'm a 205 pound, you know, shaved head kind of pretty muscular kind of boxer looking dude in the first place. So generally, I don't get any of this type of antagonism in the first place. So I, I was I was entertained by it, but again, I think the first two calls were legitimate. and The third one, of course, um, started getting into goofball land. So we didn't really get to talk that much about Christmas themes and issues. So so much for that. Uh, Anyway, uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that today. Uh, I want to welcome nudges. um, uh, In New York, we would say a nudge, nudges. Uh, Welcome uh, to the show. I know we've had a couple people jumping in and out, and I'm sure there's probably more people listening live anyway um, that are not necessarily in the chat rooms. And if you're catching the show, all you need to do is you'll see kind of a, a box that will let you enter the chat And you're welcome to do that. That way, if you have a question or a comment and you're not really into calling in, um, you can actually ask uh, in the the chat room, uh, you know, and and make a comment that way. So you're you're absolutely welcome to do that if that appeals to you. So, uh, again, welcome, everybody, um, to the show. I hope you're all having a good holiday season. Uh, I know maybe I had mentioned at the beginning of the show that there was a little bit of a Kind of choppy energy out there when I had was out and about, kind of running errands today, and uh, I, I think that I, I notice it's one of the reasons why I'm I'm actually not a big fan of December um, because in terms of I I, I love uh, November by the way, but December's a little rough to me. Because often there's kind of a feeling of this anxiety. I think people are like racing to go shopping for Christmas presents. They have to get food. Um, families coming into town. You know, you know, they're going out of town for family. I think it creates this very like intense kind of a slightly psychotic energy pattern in people uh, <laughs> that is very very uh, a little overwhelming when you're, you're energetically around it and i know for me uh i have uh, i i i just don't even i don't i haven't bought really very many i rarely buy christmas gifts i mean i buy something from my mom um my friends and i we we hang out and have meals and things like that together so we uh we don't really get that much into buying presents and things for each other so i don't really do that much shopping at Christmas really no more than I would ever do in the first place so uh uh yeah, I I it, I'm just largely unaffected by it but I think most of the rest of the world of course is definitely affected by it I mean if you got kids or things like that of course you're going to be uh buying presents and, and things of that nature as well too uh okay we got some more people jumping into the chat so let me say hello to everybody um some very interesting names in here too looks like the creative names people come up for their handles uh uh we have uh, nudges which that one still makes me laugh from the beginning uh and uh we have the butterfly effect so welcome uh, the butterfly effect another very very cool uh cool handle name uh so welcome uh and uh mustang sally 2642 um welcome as well another uh another funny uh a funny uh reference name there as well so uh, hello to everybody welcome uh feel free to chat among with each other as well too in the chat room all of that is perfectly legitimate um so uh welcome everybody to to the show who's in the chat room and, and also who's listening live. Uh this is our um this is our uh this is our, our listener's choice show. So uh if anybody has any uh, questions or something they wanna ask about um related to metaphysics, related to life, or even uh a, a quickie personal question, um feel free to uh to ask that in the chat room or to call in. Uh, the call in number is six four six two hundred three nine six, six. You might need to dial a one before that uh two hundred uh six uh, um so in either case, otherwise i'm gonna just talk about some different subjects that have been on my mind, but I do want to give everyone who's listening the option of uh of uh of asking questions, and you know- i I can't remember specifically who asked maybe it was actually mustang Sally. But um, in one of our previous shows, someone had asked if I could pull, like, an oracle as a general message for everybody listening. Um, So if that was you, Mustang Sally, I want to give you credit. If it was someone else, I don't want to take your your credit away (laughs) for a good idea. So I might actually end up doing something like that as well uh, that could be kind of fun uh, because I I do think a lot of times, and I've said this on previous shows, really a lot of times people – uh, a lot of times, people are, are, you know, going through similar things that will tune into a specific show or, or hover around each other. In some respects, uh, I think that uh, that is really, really w- way, way more common than people would know. Uh, you know, one of the things. Sometimes I'll do appointments where I'll, I have had, um, uh, you know, three or four people come to my office, and like everybody is a uh, pisces that day or everyone is going through an issue with a bump up or in their job or a relationship issue or you know i mean it, i see patterns and themes just absolutely all over the place so uh that's one of the reasons why sometimes a a uh a general oracle pull can be beneficial for anybody listening so let's see. We got a couple of uh, questions here in the chat room. I, I always like to kind of repeat it because I know a lot of people catch my show in the archives uh, later on. I'm, I'm told this all the time. Uh, in my mailing list with my column, I have almost actually have almost 900 people that get my column. So a lot of them um, are working at 3:30 in the afternoon. So of course they uh, they uh, they don't catch the show until later on. And I think that's convenient too, to be able to listen to it when you, when you have the time for it. So the question in the chat room is, has anyone seen Thrive yet?" Um, so I don't even know um what that necessarily is. It sounds kind of familiar. I'm assuming is it a a movie uh, This is one of the things that's really cool about the internet, by the way. Um, now see, oh, is it a youtube is it a YouTube video? Uh, hmm. thrive. Uh, let's see. Who knows? Oh, see, too many. I, I I punched in thrive in the in the in the, in, the uh, in a search engine, and it's got all kinds of ideas as to what it might be. Um, uh, well, yeah, there's a trailer, so I'm assuming it's probably uh, uh, about a movie. So I'm not going to watch that while I'm talking on air. So you guys might have to explain to me what it's about. So why don't we? Someone tell me – a documentary, thank you. I kind of guessed that it might be a documentary or something. So I'll ask the question in the chat. What's the basic um, uh, meaning or what's the basic storyline with the documentary? Which, by the way, a couple of weeks ago, uh, there's actually a a DOC channel on cable, um, and they had the 50 50 best – Documentaries that you would need to see in your life if you were ever to see a uh, document uh, any documentaries. Uh, so Mustang Sally saying it's a documentary. Google it for goodness sake. Yeah, I, I actually can Google it, but uh, for me to be on air and to talk and to look at a trailer isn't really probably the most pragmatic of uh, of things to be doing uh, in the first place. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm not doing it. I've never been that that brilliant at multitasking that way. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but uh, so I'm assuming it's again it's a documentary. So no, I haven't caught it yet. Um, I, I I've seen some amazing documentaries, um, and I know and there's been a couple of really good metaphysical documentaries that have popped up over the years as well too. Uh, if anybody, um, well, there was a really popular one a couple of years ago that was actually quite good. Uh, And I know even to some extent, you know, The Secret was a kind of a a big movie that that actually really had some some very, very strong effect. A lot of people caught it. You know, I saw The Secret. I thought it was very good. Um, I I can't say I thought it was great uh, because there were a couple of elements to it that were a little off-kilter for me. Uh, But it still was very, very good. In fact, I was actually just talking about this the other day with a client. There's a show on Showtime right now called Enlightened Um, and it's Laura Dern and uh, uh, really brilliant it's a half hour show, it's on every week I think it's coming to it's first season finale uh, but really, really cute, really smart show excellent writing, you know, about a woman who's, uh, you know, recovering from a breakdown of emotion psychologically and goes to retreat and kind of comes back with a new age perception and tries to take that into the regular world no easy task uh, so it's nice to see these things popping up. So now, thank you for the information here. Okay. So, Mustang Salad saying I, I, that uh, they think it's about the global money market and who is really in control. Yeah. There, you know what? There was a there was a, there was a, a a documentary that came out a couple of years ago too. That was probably about six years ago. Called Zeit. I think it was called Zeitgeist. And, um, they actually began to bring up a lot of this uh idea about the uh global money market, the economy and uh it's a really interesting uh documentary to catch you know I think um a lot of it in the movie zeitgeist um I think it's a lot and I say this ever so eloquently uh there's a little there was a little bit of exaggeration certain extremes that were used to illustrate points. But even if you watch it and you recognize that even 60% of it is true, it's pretty mind-boggling and and makes total sense. So um, and and talking about this global money market, what I know they talked about in Zeitgeist was really, in some respects, that it was almost like a series of families um, who had just tremendous amount of money that were manipulating the finances of the globe in many ways. So I'm wondering if this... Uh, documentary Thrive has some similar type of of dynamic to it, and um, none of that comes as a surprise to me. I mean, really, uh, in reality, none of of that does. I think that uh, there is some real, real imbalances, obviously, that we see financially in this world that are really, really coming to a head uh, at this point in the game Uh, and I know I had mentioned in a, a previous column that I wrote. I wrote a piece about eleven, 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 and what it meant, and um, it got a few of my readers, I guess, pissed off because I had mentioned the uh, Occupy uh, Wall Street movement, and I didn't even necessarily comment it, comment on whether I agreed with it or not. Um, but what I had said, really in essence, is what it was about, and uh, also that it was. Um, I was excited to see young people opening their mouths and 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 protesting and commenting and uh... uh... and and all of those things uh... and uh... it was really uh... you know it's it's really exciting to me that people are are fighting back or are willing to to have a point of view or to disagree or to look at changing things to make them more positive and you know if you we bring up this issue of this global economy and and so this is a great subject by the way so thank you for for bringing this up um and i think that uh one of the ways of looking at it is there really is a tremendous imbalance in terms of wealth and i think that's something that has happened in the last 10 or 20 years or so that has really thrown things kind of off kilter you know from a metaphysical perspective and even a very very human perspective, one of the um most amazing things about the idea of acquisition of wealth to me would be that when you become wealthy, you would have opportunity to do things that that other people might not be able to do i mean you can give to charities you can you could uh you could really really not even necessarily so much giving to charities, but certainly that could be part of it. But it would be um, an opportunity to really, really do things in the world that would have meaning. So, I mean, I can understand the idea that you acquire a lot of wealth and you live in a nice house. Maybe you even have a summer home and you might have more than two or three cars. And of course, you want to take good vacations. All of those things I get. But where I think the disconnect has been is a lot of people have acquired wealth and it becomes almost sort of like a pissing contest of showing how much you have. You know if someone's worth you know fourteen billion, what could you possibly spend or do with fourteen billion dollars in a lifetime? I and mean, what are you going to do with it when you pass? Give it to your kid I mean, it It's all very very odd to me in that sense because I think that again the acquisition of wealth is also such that you you keep it moving in society, you have opportunities to to do things in a positive way to start businesses to hire people to affect the world somehow and even and then to live well at the same time. So I think that that's one of the things that has gone really kind of screwy and out of balance for a lot of people. Again, I kind of call it the almost like the pissing contest: who could be wealthier and actually and sit and, and amass and have more and more money. I know locally, I'm from uh, not from, but I've been in Phoenix for for 20 years now. And uh, one of the things that I always say, one of the reasons why I wasn't really a big fan of of, of John McCain politically. Was I can get into it for multiple reasons, but one of the things that always sort of bothered me um, about him uh, politically is uh, was that you have someone who has eight homes. You know, the senator with eight homes. It's him and his wife, and I think they have one child. I mean, who's an uh, it's a grown adult, by the way. I mean, what possible reason would you have for having eight homes? I mean, this is the type of, of thing to me that is um, really kind of stepping into the distasteful. You know, there's people that don't have homes at all. I mean, if I had eight homes, I would give four of them to people that are homeless. I mean, I, I can't even imagine such a thing. Why anyone would even want that? So that was one of the things that really bothered me. I just thought to myself, this is someone that's completely out of touch with reality. I mean, be wealthy. There's nothing wrong with that. But do something positive with it. So... Uh, Let's see, uh, let me let me talk a little bit about, because uh, we've got some comments here as well too in the chat, so I want to read this for anybody listening, Mustang Sally is talking about, let's see who you're talking about here, uh, there's a radio show host named Carol Gold, she's actually on Blog Talk, um, she's recommending um, that uh, she's a lawyer and a psychic and a writer, interesting combination by the way. She talks about a variety of things. Most talks about political things, a different point of view from the mainstream. Yeah, I'll actually, I'll actually check that out um, at some time in the future uh, myself as well, too. And, yeah, and then another comment from Mustang Sally saying that that's all, there's a show called Hoarders <laughs> at a more personal level, right, people who are collecting and sitting on, um, you know, proverbial crap in that sense because it really is, in some ways, it's actually an illness. At some level. And, and I, I think, you know, and, and it, it's a great point of view to bring up because greed, there are, are seven uh, primary fears that all human beings, that not all human beings have, that human beings have. Most people will have one or two primary fears. And the primary fears are uh, impatience, which is a fear of uh, being victimized by time, uh, martyrdom, which is a fear of victimization. Uh, there is self-deprecation which is a fear of inadequacy Uh, there is arrogance which is a fear of uh, vulnerability Uh, there is uh, uh, the stubbornness which is a fear of change Uh, and there is self-destruction which is a fear of a lack of control and then there is greed which is a fear of lack now you know, again, you got to figure 15 to 20 percent of the population has some element of greed within their wiring. So, uh, on the every every fear, of course, has a positive and negative pole, and even the positive pole isn't necessarily a good thing. It's just better than the negative pole. So, the positive pole of of greed is um, like uh, you can use the word, uh, let's see, uh, appetite. Excitement, enthusiasm. People that are greedy have a have high appetites. They like good things. They wanna. They like abundance. They like to. They like good food. They like acquiring nice cars. That, you know what I mean. They. Uh, there's people that are greedy in respect to relationships. I have a good friend of mine who's on uh, just divorce. her fifth husband is looking for a sixth. That's a little bit of greed geared toward relationship and being married at some level, too. So, again, not, not a judgment, just an, an observation where this can come into play. But, uh, so the positive pole of greed is appetite, but its negative is uh, veracity. And the word veracity basically implies the idea that the person becomes consumed with that you can never get enough. Uh, people who develop greed, by the way, often um, uh, this this holds true for for everyone in terms of, of development of fear. For the most part, these fears develop during childhood. So a lot of times, people who develop greed have some type of abandonment theme that went on during their childhood, and uh, also uh, there becomes kind of like a substitute syndrome. Like a lot of people who develop this this fear for instance they need affection they need love from mom or from dad and what ends up happening is they don't get um those things they're given substitutes they're given you know they're given a nanny uh they're given uh candy when they when they need something else they're given stuff So this is actually where this develops. So, again, 15 to 20% of the population is going to have some element of greed to them. And in a mild way, you know, again, greed can come across as appetite. It can come across as excitement and enthusiasm about life, liking things a lot. You know what I mean? You could get, you know, greed can be good in the sense maybe you're into shoes, uh, you know, or, or whatever you happen to have that fixation on in that sense. But the negative polarity of it, veracity, of course, is that, that endless um feeling that you're never it's never enough, you can't get enough fill, and you know again, I'll use this as an example, owning eight homes for two people um that is not appetite, that's ferocity that is crazy land, you know what I mean <laughs> to be uh to be that. Uh, you know uh, obsessive about something in that way Uh, again just completely unnecessary it's really largely for show I mean how can you maintenance and and live in eight possible homes so again getting back to what we ended up inevitably talking about 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 global economy issues is so that's a lot of what this movement is about and a lot of what people are beginning to question is this Imbalance of of how things are distributed, and the tendency in our culture, especially in American culture, to be to really almost kind of uh, value uh, greed and see it as a prize or something good, as opposed to really looking at what it is, which is really a very very um, uh, unhealthy uh, element of uh, personality, a conflict. That's coming into play. I mean, it's like, you know, the little little kid on the playground, you bring in, somebody brings in cookies, and he or she grabs all the cookies. (laughs) There's something about that that is is inherently an imbalance. So that's what's being questioned, and that's what needs to shift and change in society for us to kind of grow. So let's talk about some, uh, and absolutely, because the greed can be fixated on anything. It can be fixated on sex, people who have sex addictions, Often have greed as their fear or chief negative feature, so to speak um and uh again, it can be a lust for power and control uh We're getting a humor comment here about nudges saying, "Don't go picking on shoe lovers uh <laughs> but uh you know what and i and I, in actuality, I don't and if anybody knows from from years back on the show on on uh h b o um sex in the city, there's a very funny line by one of the primary characters who's very obsessed with shoes Carrie. Who clearly shows an element of greed to a personality in in a in a, in a in a in a very more attractive way, by the way, but uh, how she is broke and can't pay her bills, but she has like a uh, hundred pairs of amazing shoes that she's literally become the old woman living in a shoe. <laughs> so I found that very very funny as well too in that sense, and for me I have. I could care less about shoes, but I definitely wouldn't take that away from someone else. Some people love shoes, and that's cool again, as long as it doesn't become uh, like cuckoo land stuff, but it can be very difficult for people with greed to sort of get out of their own way um, uh that that can be uh you know again it's almost like an illness. the fear becomes so compelling that urge to keep acquiring acquiring and acquiring. That they can't even see that. In essence, it's dysfunctional. I mean, probably most of us have had some element of this in our lives too. I mean, did you ever get like? I noticed, like every year, my for Christmas, my mom will send uh, a box of chocolates or things from um, Swiss Colony, which are really awesome, by the way. And uh, <laughs> I, I get like I because I'm actually not a greedy person. It's really not my thing. I, and I and I've got my own uh, my own uh, dysfunctions. Trust me. Uh, but I don't, uh, I'm really typically not greedy. It's, it's really just not my thing. When, when I have a lot, I tend to share it. I've never really been much of a hoarder. Just, just not my thing. Uh, but I didn't have the patterning to create that, by the way. I didn't get emotional, psychological abandonment when I was younger, for the most part. Um, I didn't get that much substitute energy. Although I did get, I noticed that when we were kids, my mother had a tough time being affectionate. So a lot of times affection was through sugar. We get a chocolate bar or something, but eh, that was still pretty minimal uh, so uh, anyway, I guess we still have the shoe uh shoe discussions going on uh <laughs> and uh and they're they're commenting here about let's see we got comments about sumo sumo wrestling interesting that's a that's uh that's like getting into the owls uh into a way, way out in left fields, but good if you like it uh and yeah, actually the reason i uh one of the reasons I recommend Swiss Colony and this show isn't really a sale for Swiss Colony chocolates by the way. Is uh is I, I for years I worked uh in high end restaurants. In fact, in my in my late twenties through my, my mid thirties I worked in a pretty high end uh French restaurant as a waiter. So I ended up getting very, very um becoming very aware of really good food. Uh, things like cognac. In fact, that was actually when I started smoking cigars. Um, I've never smoked cigarettes in my life, by the way. Uh, No interest in it. But um, I do smoke cigars on occasion, and I love a good cigar, and I love good chocolate. But I tend to be... uh, uh, I tend to be uh not really all that uh you know compulsive about things i mean when i go to vegas i'll smoke a lot of cigars in a few days because that uh, you can smoke indoors and that's really cool but um other than that i mean I'll, I'll sometimes go you know 3 4 weeks without smoking a cigar i just don't really have an addiction necessarily connected uh with it as much it's just again that it's it's luxury that it's good that's one of the reasons i it's, i love good food i like good things in that sense um so and by the way, uh, chocolate does a very interesting thing because everyone is talking about um, chocolate in the chat room now. Uh, uh, chocolate, by the way, everything kind of that we we in, it, we ingest has some type of psychological emotional element connected with it. By the way, it masks something at some level. So sugar, sugar itself masks feeling loved. When we ingest sugar, emotion our emotional body w- will want it because it makes us feel loved. Uh, believe it or not chocolate does the same thing but it actually has a little bit of a sexual element to it as well that it, it connects with uh, the, the sexual energy as well too so I don't know if it's as good as sex necessarily but uh, maybe sometimes it might even be better depending on, on who the sex is with in that sense but uh, so that's one of the things that that chocolate is a trigger for um, it tends to satiate that at some level so uh, let's see we got a few other joiners here So welcome, Flushy2009, another very interesting name, by the way. I like how you guys are all chatting with each other. I definitely am a big fan of that. Very good, very good. Uh, And I had mentioned, you know, and and that's, I I think, one of the reasons talking about um, addiction issues. um, I never smoke cigarettes because tobacco actually masks anger or feeling powerless, and that's what it does energetically. And um, I certainly have had times where I felt powerless or angry, But it really isn't like kind of one of my major things in that sense. I I remember the first time I smoked a cigarette when I was 13, I thought to myself, one, I don't really like it, and two, um, I don't want to spend the money on it. That's what kind of struck me as odd that people would spend the money on it. It It just seemed like kind of a... A, a dumb thing to waste my money on, so of course I never got into it. But that's typically why a lot of people start smoking when they're like thirteen or fourteen or so. It, it's usually typically at that point when you're feeling most powerless, um, and and often a lot of anger coming up during adolescence. And uh yeah, we all do that. We look at childhood and we think, oh, it was such a merry, happy time. God, what are you kidding me? It was not easy. Um, and by the way, I mentioned here a comment here about. Uh, about um, someone saying that they're addicted to Pepsi, and, uh, and then also the secret of addiction is Starbucks coffee. So somehow today's show got into the addiction issue. And, uh, by the way, uh, caffeine, uh, Messing Sally saying they go with decaf and they drink coffee, I, as do I. Uh, when, I get, when I have a coffee, like, it's like half caffeine, half decaf, or three-quarters decaf. I don't, I don't have that much caffeine. It kind of messes with me. But what caffeine does is it actually kind of masks everything energetically, and interestingly enough, that's one of the reasons why I think a lot of people also are pulled to Pepsi and Coke and things of that nature, too, because they have caffeine in them, and uh, with that, that caffeine has this effect of masking a lot of things energetically in that sense, so, you know, that's one of the reasons why it works. So I guess today's show ended up being about addiction issues, isn't that interesting? So uh, <laughs> uh looks like we're actually running out of time here, we're down to our last minute, so uh I actually appreciate all of this conversation here. It looks like we we went in a very interesting direction uh with Joe. Thank you uh for all your comments, uh nudges, seeking spirit, the butterfly flex, flushy 2009 Mustang Sally 2642 and everybody else who who chimed in. Um so uh, I'll be – actually, I'm not going to be here next week because I've got an out-of-town thing that I'm doing, but I'll be here the following Thursday and want to talk about some astrology stuff and, and some things that uh, had gone down the pike. Uh, but we'll also do another show where people can kind of have their own comments and own things to say, which, of course, is awesome. So uh, thank you for all of your comments today. I definitely got a kick out of that. Much better than my last show with the obsession obsessive talking about owls. Uh, Anyway, so uh, this is Jim Ventura signing out. Uh, Thank you for joining me. today. Again, I'll be back next time. Uh, If you're not already getting my uh, monthly newsletter, Snake Oil, email me at VenturaSaj at yahoo.com, VenturaWords at mac.com, and get on my mailing list and personal sessions and all the other good stuff you can check out on my website. Uh, All right, happy holidays, everybody. I'll be here next time, and uh, have a great evening. Peace out.